This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, friends and warriors. This is podcast number 13. I'm Tracy Eddy, and I've got Fran with me from Nashville, Tennessee. Good morning, Fran. Good morning, Tracy. How are you this morning? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I love our topic today. <sighs> me too. Me too. It has, um, it has made me want to sing Oh, <laughs> for the last 24 hours, I've been singing about angels. Yes, because we are recording during the week of the feast of the, the guardian angels and just a few days after the feast of the archangels. So we've got angels on the brain, angels on the brain. And I love that you and I are singing different songs about it. I know. <laughs> so you, say which one you're, you're singing. I'm I'm singing the Alabama song that I believe I can't sing, but that is what I'm singing, and I've been singing it like I just break out in song I because know. in the '90s it was such a huge song and such a huge. And I was telling you earlier, like I wanted it at my wedding. It was like it just spoke <laughs> to me. It was you know in my in my days where I was just all about country music, which I still love country music, but I kind of like everything now, but um, why don't you move to Nashville? I keep telling you this. It would be good. Okay. It we're going to talk after the podcast. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to come to some, some resolutions. <laughs> you know, we like to move. We're movers, movers and shakers, but mainly that's movers. Why, that's why I always have hope. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It's one state we haven't lived in. So maybe, maybe we need to check it off our bucket list. <laughs> I love it. Okay, okay so the song, song, my song, the one that I've been singing, well, I've been singing all morning. I actually went on a walk to clear my brain so that I could think about what we were going to talk about today. And I kept thinking of that Sarah McLaughlin song, In the Arms of the Angels. <laughs> and you're, I singing, you're a little hipper. <laughs> I would belt that song. So I, when I was in college, I would teach a dance class um, like about 30 minutes away. Actually, uh, several dance classes, but like they were all back to back to back. So I would have to drive 30 minutes out of town to go teach my classes. And the Sarah McLaughlin CD, um, her live CD was the one I listened to to and fro. I mean, every single week to and fro. And I would belt all of those songs. So I've got them. <laughs> Did you watch the movie with Meg Ryan in it um, about angels? It Probably. had that song. That oh, that probably. Yeah. What was it, the, Do you remember the name City of the movie? City of Angels, maybe? City of Angels. Is that, was that? Was that the Meg Ryan one or was that yeah. a Tom Hanks one? No, it was Meg Ryan and um, oh, Angels in America. No. no, that's that's a play. Never mind. No, <laughs> uh, but th that song was like the the theme song of it. But no, it was about obviously. her angel that yeah. kind of kept kept that fell from didn't fall from grace, but decided it didn't, didn't want to be an angel, angel anymore. Oh yes, yes. Did they fall in love? Yes, and then yeah. he died like immediately. Yeah. He got hit by a car. Well. He should have it was sad. <laughs> it was sad, but it was such a good movie. And um, who didn't they, see they, that coming? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Um, I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Okay, good. Because we need to be really expert on angels. City of Angels. About them. Is it called City of Angels? City of Angels. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Nicholas Cage. He was the other yes, guy. Yes, yes. Yeah. That was the days of Nicholas Cage and Meg Ryan. Yes. And Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom Hanks oh, and Meg Ryan were like, they, was, they were a duo for sure. They were the glory days of movies so, and things. So let's, we've got two blogs this week yes. on angels. Yes, indeed. So one of them is Angels in Disguise. And I actually really like this one. It takes, it's a different take on angels. It was written by Kristen Hamill and um, she writes it as sort of a tribute to their 15 year anniversary of her marriage because their anniversary is on the feast of the guardian angels. And um, she, she does a beautiful job of um, telling us what angels are kind of like in, in a way, you know, because that's how we come to understand things. I think as human beings, you know, it's kind of hearkening back to um, St. Patrick, you know, teaching the pagans about what God is like. He would pick up a, you know, three leaf clover and say, it's God is kind of like this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she's telling us in a way, angels are kind of like this. These are the people in my life who have helped me, um, I don't know, understand better what a marriage should be like. And she, she, she has a very personal account. So I mean, definitely read her, her blog piece. Cause I think it's beautiful, but she's not talking about like real angels. Right. Like she's not talking right. about like, you know, the guardian angels that, that we will get into. She's talking about people who behave in the same way that, that angels behave. She is talking about Alabama's angels <laughs> about, People sit down from somewhere up above. They come to you and me in our darkest hours. To, you know, I know all the words. This is bad. So this is basically what the podcast is going to be. It's just going to be a recitation of lyrics. Go back to Alabama for my theology. But you know, it's funny because I always sing that song. But we don't believe that angels are human beings necessarily. But but angels do. But people can act as an angel in our life, as a, as a, um, you know, person who comes in our darkest hour, who kind of comes to us and helps us in our time of need or, or just when we're struggling or we have a flat tire and it's dark and there's a really nice person that stops and helps us change our tire. And they acted, they're not an angel. I mean, it was a human being who stopped, but they act as an angel and kind of come to us probably sent from the Lord as a, as a protector, as a helper. Um, and so that's, I, I feel like that's kind of how her blog is yeah. referencing people who have acted as an angel in her life. Well, and I think because I am a um, would-be philosopher, I do want to make a couple of distinctions here that I think will be helpful on the, on the kind of onset here. Um, that at least, at least biblically speaking, um, what, what we know about the, the, you know, liturgical texts of the Hebrew people, the, the understanding of what angels are. That in, in the in the Hebrew language, uh, there was a word that sort of um, was used indiscriminately. Uh, angels. I don't know exactly what it is because I don't speak Hebrew, but there was a word that they used at, that that could have been used for a divine messenger or a human mm -hmm. messenger, kind of like what you're describing. Like, was it an angel? Was it a person? And it was almost like it doesn't really matter because it all came from God. Like, if it yeah. was a help, all of our help comes from the Lord. And yeah. so, you know, it, they, they used this understanding of angel kind of um, indiscriminately. And it's only as we moved into, uh, you know, Greek texts and Latin texts that we started to get the distinctions of, okay, now this was a divine spirit messenger, like sent from the divine, just 
pure spirit versus our our experiences of, of human beings that sort of act like angels in our lives in terms of guiding us, helping us, protecting us and things like that. So I feel like she does have a scriptural, you know, precedent for referring to these people as as angels in her life. But we do want to be very careful and and make the distinction that um, we do actually have a creature in the world that is an angel, right? That that is a messenger, a pure spirit messenger from God. And and you know, we we know that this is true because we see this um again, we, we're hearkening back to scripture. We have Old Testament references to these these um you know, spirits that are sent by God to guard us in all of our ways. I think it's Psalm 91. And then in uh, in the New Testament, Jesus himself, you know, advises, you know, um, do not scorn these little ones because even their angels um, are, you know, right now uh, gazing into the face of God. You know, I'm paraphrasing scripture here, but basically we have indication that we have these spirit messengers. We have these creatures that were created by God for a special purpose and they don't have bodies like us. You know, they're, they're not, um, uh, corporeal souls. as we are exactly. They're, they're souls and, uh, have a very special mission in the world. So the Catholic teaching on angels is that we each, we have a guardian angel, right? Yes. I mean, yes, we, we have, we're assigned an angel. Yeah. We have actually a very robust angelology I think that's how we would pronounce it. Um, and and it mostly derives from um, St. Thomas Aquinas. And he kind of like breaks down like what all the kinds of angels are. I think like nine choirs of angels, right? But we have guardian angels. And that's exactly what we're focusing on uh, in our chat today, because those are the ones that we have like most direct contact with. I mean, they, yeah. their interest is us. And, and so we have to, you know, kind of better understand who, or it, it would, it would behoove us to better understand these people who are, and, and they are persons. I say people, not again, human people, but they're persons. They are individuals, um, create, you know, spirit persons, um, that, that have, you know, a very special interest in, in our salvation and in our help. That's what they were created for. At least these, these guardian angels, which are the, the guardian angels are among the sort of the lowest of the hierarchy of angels, um, right below the, the archangels. Um, so I'm BFF with my angel. I don't, mm. are, are you, are you tight? Well, I, I talk to my guardian angel every single morning. That's part of the the Jaeger morning prayer regimen. Yeah, too. like I don't start my day without sort of touching base with my guardian angel, making sure, um, you know, I've said hello, asking for protection throughout the day. And I am telling you, if I get if I go on a road trip or if I get on an airplane, mm-hmm. I, I, ooh, we talk a lot. I mean, I put that angel. And I told you earlier, I told you the other day, I'm kind of bossy with mine. <laughs> uh, it's all out of loving, but it's like, please, please be on the wings of this airplane. Please, um, you know, protect us. Please make sure the the pilot's angels are there helping too. Um, I really lean on, on my guardian angel for protection, for just yeah. wisdom, for guidance, for, you know, lead me, you know, help me uh, make good decisions, things like that. But that's that's not necessarily a um, a a robustly Christian kind of idea. That it's a pretty Catholic. Um, I think I did a talk to your guardian angel to. to oh converse. yeah, 
I'm so glad that you said that. Yeah. So, um, I actually had a conversation with my husband who did not grow up Catholic. Um, and obviously he participates in our guardian angel prayers in the morning. We pray this prayer to St. Michael, um, after every single mass and every single morning, um, as a family. And, uh, so, I mean, he now has an experience of, of, you know, talking, communicating to imploring, um, the angels for their, their help and intercession, but that was not always the case for him. And I was like, well, did it, I mean, did you believe in angels before? And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, you know, we have, you know, the Christmas story and, you know, various instances of angel appearances in scripture. And I was like, so you knew that they existed, but like you were ignoring them. (laughs) And he was like, like, no, but it just never, it, you know, it wasn't in our, it wasn't in our theology to communicate with anybody but God. Right. So, so, you know, I, I, I would almost feel like maybe I was doing something, you know, not right if I was, you know, talking to my guardian angel. And I don't know that that is the pervasive, you know, thought throughout non-Catholic Christianity, but it was definitely one that he had. Um, But I would even go so far as to say also that while our communication with our guardian angels is particular, maybe to Catholics or, or, and I'm sure there are plenty of other Christians that do it too. It's not just a Christian thing. Like angels are appear in, you know, Jewish theology, uh, Muslim, even pagan um, thought referred to, you know, these these um, spirits or these inspirations that are sent by God through messengers. You know, this this idea of angels. We have, you know, pagan art that have creatures that look a lot like angels, right? (laughs) And it's not informed by any sort of you know, Christian ecclesial tradition. It, it is really just a, a realization of a, a, a natural reality that God, you know, how, how arrogant are we to think that everything we see is what is, you know, anything that, that it's, it's that, it's that fruit of the materialistic world, you know, that has an, that poisoned our minds to make us think that the only things that are real are the things that I can see. Right. You know, it, the only things that I should really believe in are those things that I can prove with science or examine under a microscope or, you know, have a have a you know quantifiable data chart to prove that it exists. And obviously angels don't fall in any of those categories. No, and they so, don't. And so we we kind of almost step away and be like, ah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking about it, um, which I think does such a disservice to the spiritual life and the aid that our guardian angels specifically um, offer us in our lives. Um, again, I just feel like it's super arrogant for us not to pay attention to to this, this reality that angels do exist. We know they exist from the Bible, number one. Right. Right. And and they have a purpose and a mission. And so it's super duper helpful for us to think about, you know, who they are and what they do. But we also have the fall into the danger of saying too much about them. Maybe, you know, true. So let me ask you, we were I was talking to my kids last night and they had some just ridiculous questions. But one thing that we talked about was when I was little or not little, when I was probably their age, I was encouraged to name my angel. Oh, and yeah. that was a thing. I never, mm-hmm. nothing ever stuck. Like for some reason, because the kids said, well, do you, do you have a name for your angel? Then I'm like, no, I, for whatever reason, every name I've ever tried to give my angel never stuck. I couldn't remember it. I couldn't. So I just always would invoke, you know, my guardian angel mm-hmm. as guardian angel or, um, and 
and one of my daughters said, well, you're not supposed to name her Angel. Yeah, and I'm like, exactly. What, what? I said, no, yeah. I don't think you're right. So we kind of went back and forth and I looked it up and sure enough, she was right. Yeah. yeah. But why, why, why was that a thing? But I don't, I don't know how it got started, but I actually remember that as well. Like, you know, in the, I don't know, late eighties, early nineties yeah. that, you know, people, it was kind of like the hip thing to do kind of like, you know, pop religion that you named your angel or whatever. And, um, and I don't know how, again, I don't know how it got started. I mean, I'm sure that it was probably some sort of like, I don't know, maybe we're just spending a little bit more time thinking about mystical thing. I don't know. I'm not going to try to give us a reason for it, but I understand the reason why we shouldn't name our angels. And okay, that came tell from, that. well, that came from a document and I'm sure it was in a response to this kind of popular piety. And I think that's actually what the document is called, like the directive for popular piety. Um, and it says specifically that we are not, we are not higher than the angels. And therefore we should not be naming the angels because to name something is a sort of, um, assertion of hierarchy, right? I mean, man in the hierarchy of creation was given the task of naming the animals, right? Right. And so it's not incumbent upon us to name our angel who were created higher than we were. I mean, we even have that in scripture, like man was created a little less than the angels, right? So so we have this, this understanding that while our angels are created, or at least our guardian angels are created to serve us and to protect us and to help us, um, we're not in charge of them. So it's so funny when you were saying like, I boss my angel around. Not that, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we, we, do, we should be asking them for things. We should right. be, you know, imploring them and saying, Oh, guardian angel, please help me. Um, but it isn't, they aren't our taskmasters or our servants or our, you know, footmen. Right. Ooh, well, a Downton Abbey reference. A Downton Abbey coming <laughs> out, coming out. So I, but I think that was so interesting that every time I would try and name my angel, mm-hmm. it just didn't work. Like deflected. Like it it did. Yeah. It did. I mean, I, and so last night my kids were even trying to come up with like new names for the angel, but, um, for my angel, <laughs> they're like victorious. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, see, that doesn't fit either. Um, but it makes me feel like maybe that was sort of a Holy spirit response because either I couldn't remember it or I didn't feel comfortable Maybe. throwing out. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally. I, it, in my inner being, I did not feel comfortable doing it, even though I tried because I thought maybe that was that was the that thing was to do. A thing was, to do. Yeah, it was it was popular at the time. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not going to name my angel. If I had a name for my angel, though, I feel like it would be like long suffering or super tired. <laughs> That's what I always say. I'm like, my angel is exhausted. I know. My angel has earned like every bit of. Of rest and glory and yeah, yeah. All the wings, all the armor, all the, um, and we also think of angels as sweet little cherubs, but really our angels are like, like manly, not beastly, but very stout, strong. Um, you know, you see pictures of St. Michael, the archangel. And I think that's always a good reminder to see our, the angels aren't like flittering around, you know, um, like cute little babies necessarily. And the truth of the matter is, is we actually don't know what angels look like. (laughs) You know, we know, we know how they, they manifest so that we can sense them. Like, and, and I'm sure that, that some of them do appear as, you know, armored, you know, winged creatures. And maybe some of them even do appear as, you know, something less than, than threatening. But most of the time, at least from our scriptural references, you know, anybody's, you know, whenever someone encounters an angel, the angel's first response is don't be afraid. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that is <It's> true. Right. <laughs> so they must be pretty fearsome. If the first yeah. response you have to be is, it's okay. It makes me think of like when, when my husband comes home at night from like a late shift and if I'm still up, like I'm usually like brushing my teeth in the bathroom or something and he walks in, he's like, it's okay. It's fine. It's just me. Don't, it's, great. it's just me. <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> exactly. Not that our angels are afraid of us hurting them, but like, I'm sure they're just like, okay, I know this is going to be a lot for you. So I just want to start out with, it's okay. Calm down. <laughs> Don't freak out. <laughs> you wrote a piece about, um, the blessed mother when she, when the angel Gabriel appeared to her and it was so funny. I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but it was kind of the same thing. Like, you know, first it was, don't run away. I'm okay. You know, and it, and you said something like she was, she was washing clothes. What was she doing? What yeah. was Mary doing when the, you know, she, she received the message that, you know, she was with child. Um, can I you did. imagine? Whoa. Like I want, well, I do. And I don't want to see my guardian <laughs> angel because I'm pretty sure I would need it. My angel would have to come along with a sedative and be like, <laughs> take this and you're just fine. <laughs> Speaking of seeing your guardian angel, that was another question my kids had. Like, yeah, do we get to meet our angel? I'm like, I, I don't know. And it was, and then, and then there was the stupid questions of, does the angel carry you up, and do they just drop you in heaven, or when you, if you have a near death experience and you see heaven, is that because the angel took you to heaven and then kind of dropped you, and you you woke up back in? And I'm like, first of all, your questions are kind of stupid, but. Um, <laughs> Except there are no stupid questions, good questions. We don't have those answers. I love that that you say that. I'm like, don't ask dumb questions. Homeschooler, serious angel questions. This is a seasoned homeschool mom that's like used to these questions. (laughs) Like, ask your theology teacher that. (laughs) That's why you go to these schools. So, have you ever had an experience where you thought, okay, there's no doubt that my angel had a hand in that, or can you can you put your finger on something? Sure. I mean, there are plenty of instances that I'm like, there's no way that that could have happened without some sort of divine intervention. And again, I think, I think it's okay to attribute it to our angels, attribute it to a saint who has inter- interceded for us or, you know, or God himself. You know, I, I think God does have an obviously interest in us and so can intervene in any way he pleases. Um, but I think that the key at least for me, and I could be wrong and I'm happy to be corrected, is that, I mean, all glory be to God, right? Maybe it was an angel, maybe it was whatever, you know, maybe it was a saint, maybe it was a helper here on earth, but regardless, like it it was, it was by God's glory and power that, that this help came and it doesn't make any sense. I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make when these helps come and you're like, it made no sense that that car did not hit me head on you know, or it makes no sense that I remembered to pick up this thing while I left the house today that I (laughs) needed, but I didn't even realize that I needed, you know, like this was an inspiration from the Holy Spirit, from my guardian angel, you know, whatever it was, it was, it was something other than me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, From my natural powers. And this was a a supernatural help from heaven. Well, like you said, all Anytime I think an angel or a saint intercedes for us, like you said, it's not in spite of God. It's not beside yeah. God. It is because of God. So, so giving our angel credit is not taking away credit from, from God. And so that's a, that's, I think an important thing for us to remember. And, and another reason why we don't have to worry about being friends with our angel and being <laughs> grateful to our angel for, yeah. for maybe protection. Yes, God is our protector, but our angel protects us because God gave them to us. Yes. You know, we're protected by God 
through our angel. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one incident when I was in college and I grew up on the southern border of Arkansas and I went to school in the northwest corner of Arkansas. And so um, back then we had what was called the pig trail. Mm-hmm. And so it was about a six hour drive from El Dorado, Arkansas to Fayetteville, Arkansas. And then um, once they put in a new kind of interstate system, it cut off like 30 minutes and it was all the rage. But my freshman, sophomore year, maybe even my junior year, um, I I'd had that long, you know, mm-hmm. windy, windy drive. And at one point, and I was coming home for the weekend and I was exhausted because I was a college student and, you know, I didn't take care of myself probably. And um, I was coming home on a Friday and I remember telling my mom when I got home how tired I was. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what, mom, I don't even remember driving through, you know, Fordyce and Sheridan. Like I said, it was like I was in Little Rock and then I was in Hampton, which mm-hmm. cut out like an hour of the trip. And she said, I said, I feel like I almost dozed off or maybe I was just in a trance or, and, and she said, Tracy, your angel drove for you. Mm. You, you cannot drive that sleep deprived. You were mm-hmm. so lucky that you, you know, you got home and that was kind of one of the first times that, that I realized truly how protected mm-hmm. I was because I, I could have easily been in a ditch. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I literally do not remember an hour of the drive and mm-hmm. somehow I made it safely. And so without, you know, without a beat, mom never even hesitated. She was like, your angel drove for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had I think, an, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say along those lines, I had a similar experience in college that I was driving home on Holy Thursday and I got a flat tire. Um, and it was only like a, I don't know, two and a half hour trip from college back to home. But, um, it was all of this. I think I did have a cell phone, but I mean, my whole family was in mass that night. And so nobody <laughs> was going to be answering my telephone calls when I got, had this uh, flat tire. And, um, and so I pulled off, it was, I was on the interstate and I pulled off and a truck pulled off right behind me. And this guy walked, you know, got out and, and he was like, Oh ma'am, can I help you? And I was like, well, that would be great. I have to, you know, change my, uh, flat tire to my spare. And he was like, Oh no, no, let me do this for you, for you. And I was like, really? Thank you so much. <laughs> and he was just so kind and not threatening. And, you know, just, re- and even at the end, I was like, I, I, can I pay you? He was like, Oh no, ma'am, no, please, you know, th- get, get on your way, get back home. And I was like, thank you so much. And so of course my first thought standing on the side of the road was this guy's an angel for sure but then he said (laughs) he said is your hair the color auburn (laughs) it's like okay this is not an angel this just got a little weird (laughs) did you feel threatened though no no I didn't but I don't know why he asked what color my hair was because your hair's not really auburn at all it's not it's not at all (laughs) but I just remember that being such like a weird or maybe this was an angel like this was the first time he had ever seen a person like I've heard of this color auburn is this what it is? No, I'm he just can be. Col- are there colorblind angels? We should ask. That's another question that sounds like one my child would ask. But it seemed like a confirmation that this was just a super nice guy who was helping me and was not threatening, but was a little concerning about colors of hair. But um, but it also made me think of. I once heard that there was a. I don't know if it was a rabbinic tradition from from Judaism or if this was just like you know one of those kind of like pious traditions that they had that people often had. I mean, it wasn't weird in, in years past. I mean, it's not weird now, but it wasn't weird, you know, in, in centuries and millennia past for people to be a little like, okay, was that real? Or was that an angel? Like, and not that an angel isn't real, but like, was that a person or yeah. was that some reality from God? Right. Yeah. 
And um, and so the way that they would test the spirits is that they would offer the 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 angel or whoever they suspected to be an angel uh, food because they cannot refuse hospitality. And I know, I know, okay. and and that there's there's a little bit of a, a a hint of that in the New Testament where the the uh, you know disciples are walking and um and think that Jesus is like a spirit you know or an angel or something and then he eats with them yes. right and the the eating proved okay this is not this is this really is Jesus this is not a ghost because right. he's eating look he's eating and because you know angels don't eat. Right. You know, <laughs> which is part of City of Angels. The first time he like ate some fruit, she was like, "This is sweet. This is you know." He <laughs> he never had the texture or the feeling or the the sweetness of of the fruit. So it's funny how even a secular Hollywood movie does work in kind yeah. of our belief of Christianity and, like you said, even like Old Testament teaching yeah. of 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 angels and and what angels can and can't do just okay, by the nature of their being. I do want to I do want to tap into this because this is something that irks me. Um, okay, so obviously the Hollywood movie where an angel comes down and decides I no longer want to be an angel now I want to be a human being and do human things. It's bad theology. Like we could, if, that, if that's what happens, in the movie, I don't want to endorse the whole movie. I'm not endorsing the whole movie. We know that's wrong. Can we just yes. agree here that that is not good, like how it happens or that can't happen because we are like different essences, like different yes. things altogether. It would be like a dog saying, I really wish I could be a cat and then somehow becoming a cat. Okay. Those things don't happen. Similarly, and this is the thing that gets my goat. Um, similarly, when we die, we don't become angels. Right. right. Let's talk yes. about that. Let's just spend some time that because I know that it's a very sentimental and right. and sweet thing when people say, and I, I want to say this in the most sensitive way possible because I have had you know young people die in my life and but you often hear the the thing of well now you have an angel in heaven. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. You you may you have a, a saint in heaven yes. proceeding, but you don't have an angel. And they you can maybe even refer to him as an angel in, in a sweet sentimental way, but it's not technically this person is not now an angel. Because right. like you said, we're two different beings. Mm -hmm. There are angels and there are humans. And like Jesus is not an angel in heaven. When Jesus died, he became fully human. And so when he went to heaven, you know, after his resurrection, he did not become an, an angel. angel. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. So he, he remained God. <laughs> he remained God, but his mother, you know, yeah. the blessed yes. mother, she She's did not, not an become angel. an angel. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and we, we are human like the blessed mother. Mm -hmm. We are human like, you know, Jesus, the son of, you know, the, the third person in the Trinity or the second person in the Trinity. And so you're, no, you're right. I always think about that. And you always, I, I don't want to correct people because that no, would just be of course not. but yeah. You make, do it on a podcast. Very, you make a very good point and a very valid yeah. point. And I think something that's very misunderstood um, in, in, you know, life and death. So we can say in the same way that Kristen says in her blog, you know, that, that people can be angels to us on earth in terms of being messengers and helpers and guides and all of those things. Um, but we don't turn into angels when we die. Um, but again, we have that other sense of angels, which brings us to our second um, blog this week by um, Aaron Bolkins, which is on, which is on um, how we understand angels sort of in retrospect. Yep. Like we can look back just, just as your question earlier, we can look back on our life 
and, and look at instances where you're like, man, there's no way that that happened, that that turned out the way it did. Unless there's some sort of like divine or angelic intervention. Yes. That's the only way to explain it. Yes. I think my, I always think about my husband's life and you know, he's got like kind of stories that are are almost like over the top that you're like, how did you live through that? You should not be alive. And (laughs) I, I think for him, uh, looking back on his life, it's like you can see where his guardian angel was was with him, was protecting yes. him, was guiding him, was keeping him. Like just even timing, just a tiny bit of timing on certain situations or certain, um, you know, encounters that kept him safe and alive and um, <laughs> here today. And so Aaron's Aaron's article. I can relate to that on so many levels personally, but mainly for my husband. And I think mama boys probably are like, oh my goodness. I know. I do. You know, I do pray to my children's guardian angels as well. You know, I do um, ask my angel to, you know, communicate to their angels, like specifically very specific things. Like I know this is a struggle for my kid. I know that, that I need them to have a protector in this regard. Can, can you make that happen for me? And, and I believe that those, that, that, that is communicated because I mean, as parents, we have authority over our children. Right. And not that by virtue of, you know, the angel transitive property, then we have authority <laughs> over our kids, angels, but I do think we have access to them in a special way. Yeah. And we can, we can, you know, communicate to them ways in which we, as their parents observe, they need help. Not that our, not that the angels don't already know it, but like, this is a community here. Like we're all in this together. We're all working together for the glory of God and the salvation of souls and, you know, bringing people to heaven and bringing people closer to God. And, you know, the more helpers we have along the way, the better. And I think that, you know, God allows us to interact. Like he wants us almost to interact. Otherwise we wouldn't have these experiences that are so undeniable, right? Like God isn't keeping them hidden from us. They, they do exist on a different plane of reality, but they're still real and not super hidden all the time. If prayer was not necessary or conversations, you know, in the form of prayer were not necessary, then we would be a faith of predestination and we're not. So, so while yes, your, your children's angels know what they need, but it's still good to 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 ask them for for certain protections and for certain things that you as a mother mm-hmm. see that they need because if if and I, I hear a lot you know God knows the day and the time that we're going to die but I'm kind of like well then why do you even pray yeah <laughs> well, if everything yes God knows but does that mean prayers aren't powerful does that yeah. mean um why does Scripture say knock and you shall receive ask and you know there, scripture's filled with with imploring people to pray and to talk to God. And so our angels and our even our, our saints in heaven that we ask for intercessory prayers and we ask for intercession, why would we do that if, if we believe everything's already going to kind of work out how it's going to work out and it just kind of is what it is? And I, like you, I mean, I talk to my husband's angel mm-hmm. or I ask my angel to, com- to communicate, like, please you know, protect him in this meeting, please protect him on, on this trip, please. Um, and even St. Padre Pio has said, send your angel to me, send Mm -hmm. your angel to me and I will come and, you know, help intercede in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's a very, very, very Catholic idea Mm -hmm. (laughs) of sending your angel to a saint and, uh, and asking for the intercession. But 
we hear this in our Catholic theology and in in um, um, just you know writings of early church fathers and ch- doctors of the church and and some of our great saints. And so it's we we get these um, instructions over and over and over to kind of I think build our faith. Yes, and, and yes. helps us realize okay, what I'm doing is is good. It's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. I'm not doing something that you know that is not. Uh, pointing me to Jesus. Well, and I think too, like we could get super weedy about predestination and the sovereignty of God and all of those things. I mean, I think it's important that to to clarify that we as Catholics do believe that God is sovereign, that we don't change God's will. Right. You know, that, that he does have he does have a plan for for us individually and for mankind, you know, more generally speaking. But he wants us to participate. And just as you said a second ago, like sometimes that just means like he wants us to reach out to him and and communicate with him. Him and and um, depend on him in a in a very uh, articulate way, like to to ask for what we want, and it's not necessarily that we're like manipulating him in any way, but he wants us to participate, and it can, and it's and it's a little mysterious. Like I'm not going to spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on it because it is mysterious. In the same way that angels are mysterious, like it's almost right. like if we say too much <laughs> about angels, we fall very quickly into speculation or maybe even sacrilege. Like, okay, so the podcast <laughs> is over now. That's all we can. Do. <laughs> joining us. Um, Last little bit. But I don't think that it's bad. I don't think that it's it's bad for us to spend time pondering those things that are even above us, you know, uh, pondering the will of God, pondering angels, pondering things that we don't have, you know, concrete. We know that this is true. Now, there are some things that we know that is true about angels, that they exist, that they are spirits, that they are messengers from God, you know, they do his, they do his bidding in a way. And they also, um, intercede for us, you know, that, that our angels are gazing upon the face of God for what reason? Like we can, we can, we can presume just by Jesus bringing that up that, you know, there's a communication happening there. There are angels and they are before the throne of God, looking into the face of God, you know, interceding for us, you know, bring, bringing us help, um, and, and and maybe even bringing our prayers prayers to God, you know, um, we can we can presume those things. But there are you know there are people who spend way more time thinking about this than than I ever have, and um, they have specific uh, th- they have specified things that angels do for us, and one of them is they illuminate our intellect and strengthen our will. Um, so maybe spend a little bit of time thinking about like what that means. Like they, they illuminate our intellect. They bring good thoughts to our head, you know, into our mind. They, they put, they help us understand things better. Like, is there, I can't think of, I had never really thought of this before, but like before we dive into scripture, we often say, you know, come Holy Spirit and that is good and holy. And the Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray and teaches us how to interpret scripture. But our angels can do that too, you know, and if we, especially if we kind of let them, like we, we have to kind of open that door, we have to, uh, you know, invite them into that experience so that they can um, illuminate our intellect and, and then in the same way, strengthen our wills, you know, there's no better prayer. I mean, we pray, uh, it's kind of like a sing-songy prayer that we pray in the morning, but it's so powerful, you know, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love entrusts me here, ever this day be at my side to light and to guard, to rule and to guide. Like those are very specific 
actions mm-hmm. that we are mm-hmm. recognizing that our angels can do to light. I think that's what it, when, when we say to light, we don't mean like, will you hold a candle in front of me while I walk through the <laughs> dark hall? <laughs> I pray that prayer like 20 times a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I start my day with it and I end my day with it. Um, it is, it is such a sweet and comforting, but powerful yeah. prayer. Um, and I love when my daughter had to learn, my, when my youngest had to learn it in, in class um, at her little Catholic school, she was so proud because she already knew it because it's yeah. a mantra. I mean, it, it yeah. is our, it is one of my, my mantras between St. Michael and my guardian angel. It's like the big guns, <laughs> the big guns. And so I, I do love it. And you're right. It is sing-songy. But it's sing-songy in um, in such a, a powerful. The words are are powerful, yeah. and it's yeah. a, it's a prayer that you can say um, quickly mm-hmm. and easily, and even kind of repetitively if you feel that you you know are in a situation where you need your angel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Yeah, I love that prayer too. And so another another thing that theologians or, or angelologists, you know, people who spend time thinking about these things say that our angels do for us is uh, they provide inspirations. And we all, I mean, we know this, like that's what comics, you know, comic strips are based on this idea where you have like a good angel on one shoulder and a bad devil on the other shoulder, you know, and they're both whispering things in your ear and, you know, you have to, you know, kind of decide, you know, which one you're going to listen to. But really that's just a character is, you know, um, a caricature of those inspirations or those temptations that we receive from, um, from the spiritual world. You know, we really do have an angel in a way on our shoulder or in our ear or, you know, in our consciousness, inspiring us with good thoughts, you know, inspiring us with opportunities to pray or to turn to God or little reminders. You know, it's like our angels are, you know, (laughs) masters of the sticky note in our mind. (laughs) Remember this, do this thing. But, but, and I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about evil, you know, obviously about the, about the demons and the, the fallen angels, but they're just as real. They're just yeah. as real as the good angels. And they are, you know, again, prowling around the world, seeking the ruin of, of, of souls, particularly our soul. So it would be reasonable to think that if we do have a good angel who is protecting us and inspiring us and illuminating our intellect, we do have, you know, evil fallen angels, evil spirits, demons, whispering, um, temptations into our mind as well. And it's the, and it's the job of when we say, when we ask our angels to guard us, we often think like, you know, guard my kid while he's on his bike, you know, guard me while I'm driving this car on this airplane or whatever. But really their primary, their primary task of guardianship is the guardianship of our soul, you know? And so, they are the ones when especially as we realize as we as we call upon them and we we implore their help are the ones you know turning away those temptations protecting us from those leading us not into temptation you know they're the way that god acts on the material world quite often like mm-hmm. god uses his angels not that god can't do it but that he actually in the same way that he uses me to help you or you to help me or you know the the church to help the poor like god can do anything he could do whatever he wants but he chooses to use his creatures to help one another and he's choosing our angels our guardian angels to help guard us um spiritually and physically but like we sometimes i think spend too little time thinking about those spiritual protections absolutely um so 
just like you said, that St. Michael, um, St. Michael, the archangel, defend mm-hmm. us in battle, you know, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. I, um, you know, in, in spiritually challenging times, I have found myself really praying that mm-hmm. and like, I'll tell my husband, I've really been praying to St. Michael, um, just for X, Y, and Z. And, and he said a while back, he said, I can tell, I yeah. feel it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can feel yeah. the weight of, of evil mm-hmm. being lifted through St. Michael's intercession. Um, mm-hmm. and I know different churches we belong to as we've moved, um, a gazillion times there are different parishes will say maybe the St. Michael prayer mm-hmm. after mass. And it's, Oh, it's one of my favorite kind of traditions that maybe that parish does, mm-hmm. because I think it, in, in a world we live in, it's nice to always think of happy, happy thoughts, but there's, there's the opposite. And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of demons in the world. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, evil and, and hate. Mm-hmm. And so St. Michael is, is definitely our go-to and I think should be everyone's go-to. Yeah. And part of our conversation last night with our kids is I was trying to like pepper them and get some, some fun ideas from them. We talked about our angel and how the primary, their primary goal is really our salvation. Yes. And, and that, that is the purpose of them is to help us get to heaven, which is why they said, well, does, does the angel drop you off in heaven? Does they, do they, <laughs> if they drop you on the way to heaven? Do you come back to life? <laughs> and I'm like, stupid questions. Um, but, but, it, that came from our talk about the angels mm-hmm. and, and our, our souls and our mm-hmm. salvation. And I had a priest one time that said, I, I was talking to him about something and, and kind of had an experience. And he said, well, Tracy, were you scared? And I mm-hmm. said, no. And he said, well, then it was, it was, it was not an evil spirit. Yeah. It was not, you know, the devil or anything like that. You, you will know if you're mm-hmm. scared. Um, if it's, if, if there's no fear, it's mm-hmm. probably your guardian angel or, or, or a different kind of fear. Because again, the angels sometimes have to say, don't be scared. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, I was alarmed for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. it wasn't a fear, like yes. a, a, um, a, a lack of peace. Exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You, you put my words into better, <laughs> to better book oh, English. That actually brings up another, another, um, kind of, uh, mechanism of the angels. And that is, um, provoking us to repentance or arousing within us repentance. And on one hand, like the evil spirits, you know, the, the demons, um, they have a a way of help when we are in sin, not helping us, but, but causing us to feel real kind of calm and kind of, kind of peaceful in a way of, you know, living in this, it's, it's being just really complacent, you know, just like I'm doing fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm making these choices, but it's just fine. I don't feel super upset about it. You know, I'm just kind of lulled and this is often so, um, depicted well in, uh, in the screw tape letters. Oh my gosh. Screw tape letters. I was just about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Where, you know, we're just comfortable, right? And, and the, the, those are the evil spirits. So it's a different kind of peace. It's not, it's not a holy peace. It's a complacent, like lack of disturbance. But then um, in testing the spirits or in the discernment of spirits, St. Ignatius of Loyola actually has a very um, particular teaching about this. And I think it's his first um, rule or first teaching in the discernment of spirits. And that is our, our angels... The, the good spirits, one of their jobs is to prick our consciences, you know? So while they do bring peace, they also have the job of saying, ah, you know, 
it's like it's like a mosquito bite like itch here like start thinking <laughs> about this thing start becoming a little uncomfortable with this sinful tendency or this temptation and they have a way of using our reason and our intellect to 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 call to mind things that we would be pretty okay not having to think about anymore yeah. you know like i mean and little things you know like maybe i shouldn't be gossiping you know maybe i shouldn't be i don't know eating this cookie, not that eating cookies is, are, are bad, but like maybe these little indulgences that I think are just fine. They're just fine. My angel is there to say, this could be an opportunity for sacrifice. You know, this could be something that isn't good for you even. And, and maybe you could do something better. And we have, you know, we have a choice then to say, shush, shush you <laughs> over here on this shoulder because I'm listening to this guy on this shoulder who's telling me it's just fine, you yeah. know? So our angels really do have that job of pricking our consciences and we have to be tuned in again in the same way that we have to be tuned into the communion of saints in order to, you know, sort of gain their companionship. We do have to be tuned into our guardian angels, which is why we pray to them, which is like the first step because we can't love what we don't know. Right. I mean, very Thomistic theology there. Like if we're not tuning in, if we're not trying to get to know who the angels are, if we're not, you know, trying to figure out what they, how they interact with us, we're never going to love them. And, you know, we're never going to have that sort of relationship with them that is really (laughs) for God's glory and to our benefit, for the salvation of our souls. Yep. Amen. I love it. Oh, I love so it. Questions about angels. So many other things that we could say. Like one of the other questions that um, I heard is when do we get our angels? When do we get our guardian angels? Oh, that's a good. And I've never thought about that, but I read, um, I was reading about angels and it said at baptism. Mm-hmm, that's is that one, true? That is, that's one, one thought. That's one theory. And it's, and it's a good theory, except it doesn't hold water. If we think in terms of old Testament angels, because did the people in the old Testament not have guardian angels? Surely they did. Um, and I, and I think that that's based on some, you know, writings of early church fathers. Um, but I think it's more reasonable in, in my mind. And again, none of this is, is, um, you know, none of this is, is incumbent upon the faithful to believe, you know, any church father can write whatever he wants about the angels. And none of this is like, you know, in, in the, the deposit of faith, but it seems reasonable to me that we would receive our angel at the moment of our creation, right? When when we have a body and we have a soul, we also have a guardian for that body and for that soul. That, that makes the most sense to me. Don't don't you think? Yes, absolutely. I I was a little bit surprised actually to see that because I thought, oh, well that stinks because for example, (laughs) my daughter was, my daughter was baptized at, um, when she was six years old. So I can't in a million years, the life she lived up until the age of six, believe that she didn't have a guardian angel. You know, that just, that, that reeks of, um, against everything I believe in, you know, in a loving father. Um, so I'm glad you dispute that because I read it was like, Oh, wah, wah. <laughs> well, and I want to, and I want to say this, I have read all of the, like, you know, St. Jerome, um, St. Thomas Aquinas. I think they both said that it was maybe at birth that, um, or I think they, I think were they birth or baptism? I can't remember. And then St. Basil was either birth or baptism. There were, there were varying, um, opinions of whether it was at birth or baptism that you received your guardian angel. And then there was a third 
thought that it was at conception. And that may have been St. Basil. I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously not owning this information, but I know that there are varied opinions. But what clarified it for me was um, a homily given by Pope um, Benedict XVI during one of the um, his Angelus audiences on the Feast of the Guardian Angels in 2011. And he said, the Lord is ever close and active in humanity's history and accompanies us with the unique presence of his angels, whom today the church venerates as guardian angels, that is, ministers of the divine care for every human being. From the beginning until the hour of our death, human life is surrounded by their constant protection. I mean, I know that Pope Benedict XVI, you know, this isn't like, you know, this isn't ex cathedra teaching. This isn't, you know, official church teaching, but it, it makes the most sense to me. It does, because if the church believes that life starts at conception because there is a, a a soul present. Yeah. And if a guardian angel is, is given to each soul for protection, Mm -hmm. then, then it would seem probable Mm -hmm. that our guardian angel is assigned to us at conception at at the moment our soul is, is flung into existence, um, that we would have a guardian angel to protect that soul. Yeah. And then, and then at the end of our life too, that our guardian angels job at that is, is, I mean, they're almost, it's almost turbo because can you even imagine what the evil one, what sort of temptations? And, and I think about this often when I think of my brother's death, it was a beautiful death. Um, but I cannot imagine <laughs> that the devil was not like, all about winning that soul. And so mm-hmm. all I could think of during those times was, you know, his guardian angel, you know, um, slaying that, that, the dragon. Yes. Yes. Slaying the dragon. And we, we saw the fruit of that and in, in reality, you know, in the last weeks of his life, we saw, you know, these, these dragons of temptation, um, during the course of his life, just like falling one by one and the victories that were, um, just so evident, and I can't think that it wasn't his angel there, yeah. you know, assisting him and, you know, just illuminating him with good thoughts, you know, yeah. at the, at, you know, even in the most despairing times, you know, bringing him thoughts of love and comfort and, and visions and, you know, even using the imagination. Oh, this is something that I did want to say, like. I don't know if this is like, if this is, you know, really like canon from the transcripts of the trial of St. Joan of Arc or whether this is like something from maybe the play or um, Mark Twain or George Bernard Shaw or whatever. But um, in it, there is a, there is a a scene uh, in my mind where um, I have read this, that uh, in the inquisitors or those accusing Joan of Arc of basically witchcraft are saying, you know, because she said that she heard voices, she heard, you know, saints and, and angels speak to her. And they're like, what, what do you think? What do you think? How do you think that this, this really happened? And she said, well, it was in my imagination. And they're like, aha, your imagination. She's like, <laughs> how else would God speak to me? But if it not through my imagination, right? Like uh, the, again, if the devil can put terrible, horrible, scary thoughts in our imagination, cause they're not, they're not originating with us. Right. right? I mean, they're, they're not coming from us. They're coming from something exterior. Then our angels, how much more powerful by the grace of God, can they send to our imaginations thoughts of, of, you know, God's power. I mean, things that we couldn't even conjure on our own. I can't think of how powerful God is, but my angel can put a thought in my head that is so comforting, that is so um, protective that it does dispel the darkness. You know, I love that. 
And I think we all have those experiences in bed at night. You know, yes. think about that. Think about that. When, when you have those scary thoughts, um, and uh, you know, we all know what that means and you call upon your angel and they come and they dispel the darkness. That's what they do at the hour of our death. And then they take us by the hand and, you know, we get to go and we look, we get to look in the face of Jesus for the first time. And we know that this person was there, this person, this individual spirit was there with me the whole time. And, and just as, as Aaron said in her, in her beautiful piece, like we look back at our life and we think of, we look back and we get to see so clearly all those times we're like, of course it was you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And then we get to spend the rest of eternity, you know, looking at God together and praising him and, and just being joyful and laughing together at all those crazy times we had. together. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best for you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. And you see, uh, are, are you as tired as I feel like you should be? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to ask my angel. How exhausted are you? You've earned every, every bit of glory. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I love. So I think we're gonna have to talk about this topic maybe again oh, and maybe yeah. get into a different, um, a little the bit more of the angels. week. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so there's... much about angels. Like we've only touched on guardian angels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's a lot more we could, we could even talk about on, you know, like St. Michael, the archangel. I've, I've had a conversation with a friend who was like, no, Michael's a saint. And I'm like, well, Michael's also an angel. And, and we had this like back and forth. And finally they're like, oh, you're right. That's <laughs> So there, there's a lot of um, confusion, ambiguity, uh, maybe even just misunderstanding. So, yeah, we can. How, how about we do this again? Yeah, put a pen <laughs> in it. We're going to come back to the angels for sure. Awesome. awesome. Well, well, are you ready? Bit? Yeah. Let's wrap this up. Um, do you have one? I do have one. Go? I do have one. If you've done, uh, what, who do you want to go? You want to do any, mini, mini, man? What do we want to do? How do we want to do this? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I have paper. What do you have? I have this. Okay. So it's a rock. So I think I go first because I'm paper and I cover, but I cut, but the paper covers the rock. Oh yeah. You go first. You're right. You cover me. (laughs) I smushed you, but then you covered me up. (laughs) Mine's going to be fast. It's a book called Angel in the Waters. And, um, I love this book. I was first, um, introduced to it, um, when, uh, I was pregnant with, I think my son, my eldest. And, um, it's a story of, of our angel, of our guardian angel in the womb with us. And, um, it's by Regina. Oh, I wish I could remember her last name off the top of my head, but, um, it's this little bitty book and it's beautiful. And it's about how our angel, angel, um, sort of coaxes us, coaxes us into life in terms of like in the womb, it's so cozy and comfortable. And, um, and our angel says, but out there is mother, you know, out there is something better than this even. And, and so you, it gives us courage and those inspirations of the will and the intellect to, 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 you know, believe that there's something better out there and that the angel is with us, you know, kind of through our whole life and, and through our life, we sort of lose the voice sometimes of that angel, but then towards the end of the life, and I don't want to give away the story, but oh my God. Oh my gosh. Again, it's that idea of how our angel in the same way that they did from, from womb to earthly life, then, um, they are companions from our earthly life into heaven. And just that, that sweet relationship, um, that should not be ignored. Um, anyway, find the book angel in the waters. It's beautiful. 
You know what? We need to look up and get her last name so we can put it on our show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So mine is not going to be a beautiful, sweet tribute to angels. Mine is going to be an update on my eldest daughter's assassination game at high school. <laughs> she is still in, she's not been gotten out yet. And I'm like, you are amazing. You're just, you're a rock star. And she's like, I don't do anything. <laughs> I don't go anywhere for anybody to get me out. <laughs> and so I had to laugh about it, but, um, she, today's a purge day. Okay. What does that which mean? Which means it means your safety gear is not safe. Uh-huh. It means you don't have to get your target. You can get anybody. Um, and so she's, she's pretty sure she's going to get out today, but as of today, <laughs> she is still in the game. And so we are, we are still maybe going to be the beneficiaries of like $5,000, which is what the prize is. <laughs> but she did say, she's like, I just want to get out. It is so stressful. <laughs> I just want it to be over. I know. I know. But bless her heart. She's, she's been so faithful with her, um, with her floaty on her arm and <laughs> her goggles like around her neck and stuff. So, so she went to the football game last Friday and I took a picture of her. Um, if I really didn't care about embarrassing her, I would put it on our, um, <laughs> put it on our social media. But she's like cute and little, you know, white jean skirt. And it was a neon theme uh-huh. or whatever, you know, they do these like yeah. blackout, oh, yeah. neon out. We had construction night where everybody was wearing construction vests the other night for the football game. Yeah, I get this. I think it's camo this weekend. But anyways, last weekend was um, neon. And so she had on a bright pink, you know, little cute t-shirt that she'd gotten and um, and a floaty. (laughs) I'm like, wow. So anyway, so she's still in the game. If anybody cares, she has not been assassinated yet. You know, if, if the school, if the school wanted to use this as a catechetical teaching opportunity, they could say something very simple along the lines of every time you put on your floaty, every time you put on your goggles, imagine that that is an opportunity for you to ask your guardian angel to be with you. Like yes. seriously, just like tie it up, wrap it up in a pretty package. Y'all. That's make right. It, it's your armor. Make it fun. Make Jesus fun. <laughs> make the angels fun. Exactly. That's Jesus all. Jesus is cool. And your guardian angel is is a bad to the bone protector. Indeed. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's talk more about the angels again soon. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.